Hey everyone, and welcome to the Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party, causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host, Michael Montalvo, and for the next few minutes, we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode, we examine the events that occurred January 26th. As I sit here in the quiet comfort of my house, the singing of G. Officer Krupke in the original version of West Side Story playing in the background, the song is only interrupted by the soft clicking from the computer's keyboard, and I'm reminded of what a gem this movie is. And so to continue our January tradition of cold topics, and this week's topic of gems, let's learn about the Kalinan Diamond. The year was 1905, and on this day, January 26th, the Kalinan Diamond, the world's largest gem-quality rough diamond, was found. The Kalinan Diamond was discovered by Frederick Wells, who was the superintendent of the Premier Mine located in South Africa. The discovery was made during his daily rounds when he spotted something shiny embedded in the wall. Initially, he thought it was a practical joke, being just a piece of glass. So he pulled out his pocket knife and pried it from the wall. Instead of glass, what came out was a large diamond weighing approximately 1.3 pounds, which translates to roughly 3,106.75 carats. Bugs Bunny would be in paradise. So why is it called the Kalinan Diamond if Wells discovered it? Simple answer, it was named after Sir Thomas Kalinan, the owner of the mine where the diamond was found. So now that this massive diamond was discovered, what do you do with it? You insure it, first of all, to be sure, for 10 times its purchase amount. But you also have to get it to its next owner and to a place where you can cut it and make it shine like only diamonds can shine. So the problem arose of how to do this, and the simple solution was, drumroll please, in the mail. Yes, in the mail. They put the diamond in an unmarked box and put it in the mail and sent it off to England. They also made a separate and more importantly, public mode of transportation in order to act as a diversion should anyone get it into their mind that they wanted to try and steal it. Now a quick side note. Just prior to the diamond's discovery, Britain was in a war with the Boers, which was aptly titled the Anglo-Boer War. As you know, this lasted from 1899 until 1902, and it was basically fought over the English Empire's influence in southern Africa, and we'll see its own episode one of these days. I tell you that so that I can tell you this. The Transvaal government, which had reconciled with England after the war, purchased the diamond in order to give it to King Edward VII as a token of goodwill for the occasion of his 66th birthday. This would occur on November 9, 1907, and now that the diamond was in the hands of the royal family, what is one to do with it? Well, you send it off to Amsterdam to be cut by the Royal Asher Diamond Company. They were chosen because they were not only the most reliable, but also had experience cutting big diamonds, having previously cut the Excelsior Diamond. But the question once again arose of how do you transfer this diamond to Amsterdam? Well, you have Abraham Asher of the Asher Company, 
collect it and put it in his pocket, and then board the train. This is all while, of course, you have the Royal Navy carrying an empty box across the North Sea. Once it reached Amsterdam and then the possession of Joseph Asher of the Asher Company, he was in no real hurry to attempt to cut it. He actually spent around six months studying it. Only then did he prepare his equipment and prepare and place the stone in order to cut. The story goes that as he brought down his blade to perfectly cut sections, his blade broke and the diamond remained unchanged. This is because, as we know, diamonds are one of the hardest substances on earth. Asher made the attempt again, and this time the diamonds cut, and according to legend, Asher fainted. But it's more likely that he just celebrated. We're not really sure, as there are conflicting reports, but it's widely spread that he fainted. So he might have. From here, nine large stones and 100 small stones were cut and formed into the Kalinan diamonds. The large stones were sent back to the royal family to be placed into the crown jewels and brooches and such, and the smaller stones the Asher Company was allowed to keep, although some of these were later purchased from them by the royal family. The largest of these stones is the Kalinan One, or the Star of Africa, which comes in at 530 carats, followed by the Kalinun II, or the second star of Africa, at 317 carats. The Kalinun diamond remains the largest diamond ever found, but it's not the largest polished diamond there is. That distinction belongs to the Golden Jubilee at over 545 carats, which was found in 1985. It's interesting to note, however, that when inspecting the Kalinan diamond, it appeared as if a piece of it had been removed. One theory states that before selling it to Kalinan, Wells broke off and kept a piece weighing between 300 and 400 grams. And if this is true, then the diamond was much larger than we initially believed. But as so many things are, the truth of it has been lost in the grains of sand that is the hourglass known as time. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this episode and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was Audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Cool.